Hey, welcome to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, and Spotify. They're all free. I mean, it's freer than a new lawsuit coming against the former president, Donald Trump. Yes, here we go again. Let's get another one. New York Attorney General suing Donald Trump because he said he makes more money than we really think that he does. He lied to us about how rich he is, so let's sue him. What a waste of time. But you don't have to waste any time. Get the apps right now. Go on, I'll wait. Get the apps. These apps are free, unlike the millions of taxpayer dollars that it's going to take on this stupid lawsuit. Get the free apps. They're cheaper, way more effective than another lawsuit. How is everybody doing today? We are in a series titled The Word of God, The Word of God. I'm trying to bring up some comparisons through the Word of God that I hope are going to help us see the importance of getting back to reading and studying our Bibles. Seems like a strange thing to have to say to a group of believers, but the importance of the Word of God, because I know in this fast-paced world, with all the social media options that we have, it's become so easy to simply get that one Bible scripture on Facebook every morning, or through somebody's post, and maybe just see it, maybe just, just hear a quick little TikTok on someone's example from the Bible, or whatever it is, but my point is, There has been a pulling away from really taking time to get into the Bible, to really see the context and to allow the Bible to speak to us by reading it, taking time to really just meditate on it. Now, we just need our quick little something so I can get going here where I'm going today. Well, I believe we're suffering for that. I really do. I believe we're suffering for that. We're only allowing it to go to the surface of the issues and not really allowing the word of God, the place that it deserves in our lives to change us. Like I said, you don't necessarily read the book. The book will read you. You think about how amazing, how amazing it is to have a book, the Bible, in which we can know the thoughts of the almighty God. That we can have the information that leads us to eternal salvation. Information on how to be healed from every sickness and disease. It's all in the book. The answer to prosperity, forgiveness, peace, love, healing. God's will for our lives. How to stand against demon oppression. How to find joy. How to be filled with the Holy Ghost. How to handle life issues involving others. The answer to all of life's issues and what? It sits there unopened and we wonder, why, God, why are you not speaking to me? Why isn't God healing me? Why isn't God doing something about this? Well, he did. And it's through that book that's sitting there collecting dust. So in our previous podcast, we likened the word of God. Well, and actually when I say we, the word of God itself is likened unto. It it talks about this in the Bible. 
But so we went back and we looked and we said that um, it was like bread or food. The word of God is likened unto bread or food, to water and to breath or air. And we said, as an example, how long could you really go without food, without water, and without air? But that's exactly what's taking place with the people of God. And we wonder why life's issues seem to be whipping us at times at every turn. Well, you're, you're starving to death. You're dehydrated and you're oxygen depleted. So it is my hopes that this series will awaken you once again to the importance of getting place of the word of God into your life again. Look with me today at some scriptures as we get started. This is when Satan tempted Jesus in Luke 4 and verse 6, and the devil said to him, all this authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered unto me or given over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Well, the question to ask here real quick is who gave him this dominion? Who gave the devil or surrendered over to the devil this authority or dominion? Well, we know Adam and Eve did that. Genesis 1 and verse 28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the entire planet earth. God gave them that dominion and they handed it over to the enemy when they sinned. And Satan says to Jesus, well, here on this earth, see, I have all the dominion now. And Jesus didn't argue that point. But after the resurrection, where we know that Jesus went to hell, he went to the devil's backyard. He spent three days whipping his tail and parading him around all of hell in front of every single demon, and there wasn't anything they could do about that. That was the custom for defeated kings to be chained and then put out in front of the parade as a show of, of their defeat. And the one who won would parade them. Matthew 28 and verse 18, and Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And so what I want you to know here is that you and I, we do not have to wait for the second coming of Jesus to give us this authority. He got it back already. We would call this the first Easter, if you will. I know people get all bent out of shape about that. Easter, that's the mystic God of the sign. Okay. Resurrection Day, whatever you want to call it. But follow me here. John 14, 15, and 16 is the conversation Jesus is having with his disciples at the Last Supper. John 14 and verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So I want you to stick with me here because what I'm talking about is how it is that we can look at context here. You can't do this by getting just one scripture. You can't do this by a little TikTok video and half a scripture. You can't do this by a small video and, a, and, a, and reading a small post. So today what I'm going to try to press into you is the importance of reading your Bible to get the full context of some things that you will never ever understand or fully be able to receive the full benefits of if you do not read your Bibles. Okay, it's such an important book to not just pick a, listen, a scripture can change your life, absolutely. But you also understand there's so many things in the Bible that if you just read one thing, boy, you could run with that a hundred different ways and you just don't know where you're gonna land because you read it out of context. 
So the great importance of getting back into the word of God and reading is to get the depth and the richness of the scriptures back into your life. Jesus is talking to the disciples here in context, right before the crucifixion, right? Look at the setting. And he says to them, guys, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. Now, he's not talking about the ascension and the second coming as we know it. He's talking to them and and he's about to be delivered up for trial. He's going to be crucified. I'm going to be gone for a minute and then I'm going to be resurrected. So we have to understand this here to really understand what took place on Resurrection Day to see why you and I have authority today. So he says, I have to go prepare a place for you. So, so let's get the picture out of our minds that Jesus is this carpenter up in heaven with a hammer and he's building you a mansion for a second, okay? Let's, let's get that picture out of, out of our minds. Oh, another one saved, <laughs> you know. Back to work, another mansion. As soon as I can get all these done, I'm going to come back. No, forget, forget about that for a second. So he, he's standing there with these guys and he's saying, listen, you cannot have a relationship with the father until I take care of some things. And I will go present myself as an offering so your sin can be taken care of so that you can have this relationship with the Father. You can't have it yet, but I'm going to go fix that. I'll be back in a minute. John 14, 25, these things have I spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, here we go. We're going to see Jesus talking about two things, the Holy Spirit and peace. Now, I want you to remember that, Holy Spirit and peace. I'm going away, and then I'm coming back. And I'm giving you two things so that you remember this. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. So listen. Could he be talking about the death and the resurrection here in context? Not the ascension and the second coming, but the immediate death and soon resurrection. I'm going away, but I'm coming back. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father for my Father is greater than I. Verse 29 is the key. We're still in John 14. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Nobody's going to have a problem believing after the second coming. It says every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So in context, he's just talking to the disciples here. I'm going away, but I'm coming back. Now I'm telling you this before it happens so that when it does happen, you're going to believe that I'm going to the father to get things right so that you can have this relationship with him. And two signs, peace and Holy Spirit. John 16, 16, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while you will see me because I go to the Father. So he's about to be delivered over to the trial and the death. So it makes sense that he's not talking about the second coming and thousands of years from now in a little while. Look who he's talking to in context. A little while, you won't see me, but in a few days, you will see me again. Then some of the disciples said among themselves, what is this that he says to us? A little while, you will not see me. And again, a little while, you will see me because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, What is this that he says, a little while? We don't know what he's saying. Now, Jesus knew they desired to ask him, and he said to them, this is John 16, 17 through 20, 
So they're saying, what, what, what is he talking about? So Jesus knew, I know they want to ask me, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said a little while and you will not see me? And again, a little while you will see me? Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament. And they did, right? When he was crucified, they did that. But the world will rejoice. Why? Well, because he was killed. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. That's absolutely what took place in the resurrection. Verse 22, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I'll see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. So take this in context of who he's speaking to and the situation surrounding the conversation. I hope you can see the importance, this importance of really diving into the word of God because you cannot get this through one scripture. You couldn't understand this. He's talking to the disciples. I'm gonna go fix some stuff. Then I'm gonna be right back. Won't be long. Oh, you'll be sorrowful. You'll be weeping, but not for long because I'm gonna be right back and you'll see. You'll see me. You'll see me. And two clues, peace and Holy Spirit. John 20 and verse one, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, she went to the tomb early while it was still dark and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said, well, because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've taken him. Where did they lay him? She supposed he had been stolen. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. Now, that has always seemed strange to me. You do understand this woman had been with Jesus for over two years. And, and I mean, at the height of his miracle ministry, she was with him in, at almost the beginning and she was the one that traveled with him. So there's something different about his appearance here. She had even helped bring his body off of the cross. Jesus said to her woman, why are you weeping? She doesn't even recognize his voice. Why are you weeping? She doesn't even recognize his voice. After all this time spent with him, hearing the sermons and personal conversations, she didn't recognize his voice. Whom are you seeking? She supposed him to be the gardener. And she said, sir, if you've carried him away, please tell me where you've laid him and, and I'll take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and she said, rabbi, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me. Cling to me is Greek in the Bible. It's 36 times it's translated as touch. Don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father, but go tell my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, my God, and your God. It would be 40 days later that he would ascend, but something took place on this day that I think we've missed. He said, I've not yet ascended to my father yet, but go tell my brethren and say, I am ascending to the father and your father. Why? He, he handled something, didn't he? Now he's saying, my God and your God. Verse 19, then the same day at evening now, this conversation with Mary, it was said it was early in the morning. So where's Jesus been all day? When he told, well, he, he, he told us where. That morning he says, you go tell them I'm going to go ascend. Then we don't see Jesus. Then later that night we see him. He'd been with the father all day. This, this is the same day she saw him in the morning and he said, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to the father, but go tell them I am ascending right now. And then that same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and he said, peace be with you. Wait, two things, peace and Holy Spirit. 
When he had said this, he had showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So just a few days later, he says to Thomas, touch me. Now he told Mary, don't touch me because I've not yet ascended, but I am today. Now he says, touch me. This is so amazing. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the father has sent me, I send you. He's been in the presence of his father all day. What two things? Peace. So we saw that already, my peace. And what else? Holy Spirit, so that you would believe. And when he had, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. We're in John 20, verse 22. I'm going away, but don't be troubled because it's just a few days. So I can go to the Father because you, you can't have this relationship until I do so. I'll go to the Father. I'll make it right. I'll become that sin offering for you. And I'll come back. And, and, and oh, Mary, hey, Mary, hi, listen, hey, don't, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended. I just finished up defeating the devil. Go tell them that I am ascending though. That's in the morning. Then that same day he's back and he says, well, now you can touch me because the father has sent me. And I told you this. So when it happens that you would believe peace and Holy Spirit, Hebrews 9 and verse 12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Praise God for that eternal redemption. Ephesians tells us he first descended into the lower parts of the earth. That during those three days, we know he retrieved those keys from the devil, taking it back. He held captivity captive, and he had to stop back by earth along the way. And I need to talk to Mary for a minute because I told the disciples over and over again, but if you want something done right, I'm going to have to have a woman go and tell him because my boys were a bit hard-headed. They're not getting it, so I'm going to have Mary explain something to him. Now watch this. Now this is crazy. Jesus, while there, he grabbed the Old Testament saints. Remember, they're in that holding. They've yet to go to what we would call heaven, right? There'd not been a way for them to do so yet. So they came with Jesus and he's telling them, I have to stop back by earth. And they said, well, hey, while we're stopping back by, do you mind if we uh, go walk around for a bit? Matthew 27, 52 and 53, and all the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and they appeared to many. I mean, Abraham's walking around and said, hey, I used to play t-ball over there. And what's this? That's a dollar general on every block. Now, I hope you can see how amazing this is and how this explains a lot of stuff here. They were walking around while Jesus is speaking to Mary. So I wonder if we can find uh, anything about what took place when Jesus entered the presence of the Father. So here's the thing I'm, I'm trying to pound in you today. There's so many things we don't understand about the Bible because you have to read it. You have to study it in context of more than just one daily scripture. To get the fullness of the depth and the richness of the word of God, you can't just hear a TikTok video. We're seeing some things here today that I bet, I bet most of you never had seen before in all your years. I'm going to bet that most of you, most of you have never, ever seen what I'm talking about right here. But it is worth seeing today, isn't it? But you can't get that without getting into the word of God. And this will now explain a bunch here because it's not okay to just say, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. No, I know there's some things that even when you do read it and you're like, look, I got to have faith on that one. But there's no excuse to not see the word of God. Let's look at Daniel. Now, I know this podcast in the middle of this series, this is a little bit different, but I hope you can see today how important it is to know his word. It's so deep. It complements itself. John 12, verse 31, now is the judgment of this world. Wait a minute, when? 
2,000 years from then? Or did he say now, right now, about 2,000 years ago? Now the ruler of, the, ruler of this world will be cast out. Now, so he's saying, guys, I'm about to take it back. Adam and Eve gave up the lease, sold out to the devil, and he took it over. But now I'm taking it back. Daniel 7 and verse 9, I watched till the thrones were put in place. And the Ancient of Days was seated. Where did Jesus say that he was going? He's going to the Father. This is the Father. His garment was white as snow. The hair on his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. Daniel 7 and verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. And a thousand thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Verse 11, Daniel 7, I watched. Then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking, I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Remember, there are four beasts here in Daniel 7. This is the first one. And what was destroyed on resurrection day 2,000 years ago? Sin was destroyed. Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Sin was destroyed. Daniel 7 and verse 12, as for the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. He's talking about what he's seeing coming. Here's what I'm trying to say. Satan has lied to you. He has had already his dominion taken away from him. He is no longer in control of anything. He has no authority. He has no power here to do a single thing. He is a liar. It was taken from him, but his life was prolonged, but for a season. So here's Jesus coming to the Father. I was watching in the night. This is Daniel 7. I believe we're in 13. I was watching in the night visions. Behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He took those Old Testament saints with him. You remember Hebrews 11, the hall of faith? All those Old Testament saints. Hebrew calls them the great cloud of witnesses. I saw the Son of Man coming, and he had the cloud with him. And he came to the ancient of days, and they brought him near before him. Daniel seven fourteen. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all the peoples of the nations and the languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Friends, this happened over 2,000 years ago when Jesus said to Mary, don't touch me. I haven't gone into the most holy place yet, and I'm offering myself Daniel 7, 21, 22, I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. This horn, you obviously understand, is the devil, right? Barking, blah, 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 right? This horn. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them, prevailing against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in the favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to, to possess to possess the kingdom. It came time for the saints to possess the kingdom. 2,000 years ago, the ancient of days walked in, the judge, and he saw Satan on one side, and he saw the saints on the other side. You think about this, the courtroom scene, the ancient of days walked in, the judge of it all. He saw Satan on one side of the courtroom, he saw the saints on the other side, 
and he looked at that bloodied, bruised, battered body of his son standing in the middle. And he said, Satan, you have lost. Saints, you win. Final judgment given. That's what already took place, my friends. That's why we're the trophies of his victory now. So what am I saying? Satan does not have any dominion over you anymore. It's already done. You don't have to wait. Because of the resurrection 2,000 years ago, it is finished. I know, I know, this one was different. I know. I really just wanted you to see by the example of the importance of really getting into the book. Old, new, old, new, it all backs itself up in context. So life-changing. Read your Bibles. Allow Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth. But how can he if you refuse to read and see and hear the truth? Read your Bible. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time, you better be reading your Bible. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to join me in attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous. Thank you.